Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, every team in the NFC South now has at least two quarterbacks, I guess with Taysom Hill. New Orleans Saints have three. Meanwhile, the Bucks have Kyle Trask. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Bucks fans? Um, so no signings as of, uh, I guess it's 10.43 or so as we do this podcast on Wednesday night. Is that correct? Tuesday, no, Tuesday night. night. Wednesday right. would Today, be a free agency would have already started. That's correct. Today, which will be Wednesday as you hear this, most likely, at 4 p.m. is the start of the new league year where, where these deals that you've been hearing about can actually be signed and um, you know official, I suppose, at, at 4 p.m. And so there's going to be a, a, a thousand of those because we've, we've had a, a lot of activity in these first couple days of the negotiating period. Not so much with the Bucks, though. And we'll get into the quarterback situation here in just a minute. What, here's what they did do. On on two on Tuesday, um, and this was anticipated. They traded guard Shaq Mason, and he was either going to be traded or cut. He was going to become a cap casualty if uh, if in fact they didn't find a trading partner. But they did to the Houston Texans, where of course they have a, a you know their GM is from New England, so he's familiar with Shaq Mason, where the Bucks got him from in a trade, and so Tampa Bay kind of swapped some picks. They swapped their seventh-round pick, which was number 230 overall, to the Texans for their sixth-rounder, which is only – it's like the second pick in the sixth round, almost a fifth-rounder, number 179. So you almost got back the compensation that you lost when you traded for him from New England. Um, It's going to save them $5.3 million in cap space this year. Uh, In addition, it helps them in future years because they're going to recoup about a million dollars or so um, that was going to count against the cap each season in 2024, 25, and 26. So you're clearing off some 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 space, you know, going on. Um, I think that, you know, it's just deal with Mason. Like, Shaq was okay. He started all the games, you know, and he was their right guard. But he wasn't dominant in any, any sense. And I think if you're part of an offensive line, that was last in the league in rushing. Now, you know, clearly they blame Byron Leftwich for not calling enough runs because they were last in attempts too. But I think if you're the play caller and you're not very good at something, you're not going to bang your head against the wall. The idea is to win the game, not to be balanced. So uh, I think that offensive line is is clearly in need of, a, of at least an overhaul. And, you know, Shaq Mason, who's 29, is just not going to be part of it. And they need space. I mean, you know, we know that they're trying to pursue uh, the ability to re-sign Levante David. We know that they're looking for a quarterback, Baker Mayfield. They're strong candidates for him. So you've got to continually um, create cap space, and you have draft picks and things like that as well. So this was, you know, this was an easy way uh, to cut a big chunk out of that. And now your offensive line is going to look different. Now, what they did 
not the same day, not too long after they had traded Shaq Mason, was they re-signed Aaron Stinney. And if you remember, Aaron Stinney back in, he's from James Madison, undrafted free agent, like back in 2020, when Alex Kappa got hurt in the Washington playoff game um, up there in the wild card on that run to the Super Bowl, then Stinney had to play. And he played the next three games, including the Super Bowl, and played okay. Played winning football against the best in the NFC, and they won the bowl, right? So you're thinking, well, geez, that's, you know, what more pressure could you face than, you know, three do-or-die games in a Super Bowl, and he held up. Um, And then Kappa came back. But then last year, he was in a competition at an open left guard spot. Right, because they had drafted Luke Gedeke, and they were going to move him where he played right tackle at Central Michigan and move him to left guard. And Stinney was in that mix. In fact, Stinney was getting first-team reps when the when camp began. Here's how I remember. <laughs> Aaron Stinney was involved in one of the worst 24 hours maybe will go down in Bucks history. And I remember this so vividly. And... So they're in the second day of training camp. And they're got, they have five plays left in what is a two-minute drill. Okay, the last thing they're doing at practice. Now, nobody's in pads, okay? And particularly linemen can do nothing if they're not in pads. In fact, they're encouraged to do almost nothing, right? You work on coming out of your stance. You work on technique. But, you're, you know, linemen... To win the line of scrimmage, you have to be physical. You have to impose your will, push people, right? Move people off the ball, all that stuff. And so there's an etiquette you practice with when you're not in pads, especially the big guys. They have to. Otherwise, what happened would happen more often. So with five plays left to go, Brady's driving him down the field. He's in the shotgun, right? And their rookie, Logan Hall, Defensive tackle. He's in. He's in the two-minute situation, next to Vita Vea. And so Vea is kind of lined up over Ryan Jensen. And when the ball is snapped, and, and it's okay to work on this. You know, Hall has a nice good out, get off. Like he's coming off the ball quick, and that's fine. But when he does, he beats Stinney across his face. Stinney's playing left guard. He beats Stinney across his face. And Stinney reacts, not wanting to get beat. Of course, I don't know what, you know, what's Logan Hall going to do if he gets through the A-gap and gets to Tom Brady's going to knock him on his butt? I doubt it, right? But when he beats him, Stinney shoves him down to the ground, except he doesn't make it to the ground because next to Stinney is Ryan Jensen, who's standing up engaged like he's supposed to be with Vita Vea. And so his feet are planted, shoulder-width apart or so, maybe a little wider. And when he shoves Logan Hall into Ryan Jensen, it blows up his knee, tears every ligament he has in there. And we know what happened after that. The look on Tom Brady's face. Now, this is after he has decided to come back, was retired for 40 days, second day of camp. He loses the guy that's probably the most important guy you know, on that offensive line to him. To him personally, because, you know, Tom's always going to be in the pocket. And he relies on Ryan Jensen to, you know, make the line checks and uh, protect him, protect, you know, the inside, protect his feet, 
all of that. <clears throat> and so when he loses Jensen, the the dejected look on Tom's face, I can't describe it, but and everybody was sickened by it. Like it's hard to imagine, you know, just how deflating any injury is bad, but when you when you lose that guy, um there was almost a pall that came over the field, right? So the next day, Tom Brady's not there. <laughs> Tom Brady's not at practice, man. And for the world, I swear to you, I'm calling his agent. I'm calling everybody I know. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Here's what I think happened. What if Brady, who had already retired, came back after 40 days Within those two, and it was hot. Man, I'm telling you, those first two days, not just because it was, you know, almost August, those are two of the hottest days I remember in camp. Everybody's sweltering out there. And he's thinking, I've lost my center. This is me in my mind. And I'm not having any fun. And you know what? I was right the first time. I should have stayed out. And now he's, now he's not at practice at all. And we go to Todd Bowles. Oh, uh, yeah, personal reasons. Well, that doesn't help my confidence any. I'd have felt better if you told me, you know, somebody was sick at his house or, you know, he had to take a day for this or that, jury duty, I don't know, whatever. Personal reasons. Can't tell you what it is. And, of course, you know, later in training camp, we found out that he was going to miss 10 days for personal reasons. And then into the season, later we learned that there were some family problems and things like that. That's that's quite a 24 hours in Bucks history, right? That changed the complexion of the entire season. Nothing more significant than those 24 hours. And Stinney was a big part of it. He was actually sort of the cause of it in a way. I don't he didn't intend to hurt anybody, but just reacting. Guy beats you inside, you throw him to the ground, try to get him to protect the quarterback. But he threw him right into Ryan Jensen. And then, as fate would have it, you know, and it's a violent game, guys get hurt. You almost think, wow, hope that wasn't karma. They're in the third preseason game at Tennessee. Brady is now back, by the way. No, he's not back. It's the second preseason game at Tennessee. He's coming back after this game. Stenny's in the game, and he tears his knee up. He goes out with a what turns out to be a torn ACL and an MCL. Done for the year. So think about just that chain of events, right? Um, and and I don't know, you know, like I said, he played well in 2020. He's a big guy. Um, but after he got hurt, it was weird. It was like I was kind of led to believe by some folks, you know, in the Bucks organization that, like, you know, don't get too, you know, like, first of all, they said, we like, remember, remember the stories we wrote? We like our offensive line. We like it. You know, well, you might be the only ones. No, we like our offensive line. And then I was told after Stinney got hurt, hey, it's horrible. We wish it hadn't happened. We really need him for depth, et cetera. Not sure he was going to make the team. Not sure he's going to make the team. They like Brandon Walton, the kid from Seminole High in Florida Atlantic. They kept him. So I think they thought that Walton was a swing guy, could play tackle as well. So they were making some decisions, and – there was no guarantee Stinney was going to make it. So now that you've traded Shaq Mason and you don't have a whole lot of players on that offensive line, Stinney coming off the knee injury, first and foremost, how will he be? 
and they're going to bring him back and did bring him back. And he, you know, will sign, I guess on Wednesday, um, not much money. The most he can make is like two and a half million, very similar contract that he had when he went out. But I, you know, I don't know as of yet that this offensive line is really better. I mean, if you're going to shuffle the deck and Tristan Wirfs goes to left tackle and maybe you find a right tackle or, you know, Luke Gedeke moves back to his natural position that he had at Central Michigan, then you have, you know, Robert Hainsey, who could play one of the guard spots, right? You got them both open now. Um, and your center should be Ryan Jensen as he come, as he came back and played in the wild card game. You still need a guard. And so now it's going to be one of those guard spots that's going to be open and Stinney will be in the mix. Um, Brandon Walton will be the other guys. And, and you still have the draft. And, and maybe free agency. You know, there might be some bargain um, players that get cut. But that's what they did. And I don't... It's just weird to me. It's like, yeah, Aaron Stinney's coming back, and you don't know how he's going to be coming off of uh, you know, two torn knee ligaments, and you said you were going to cut him last year when your offensive line went very good. So we'll see. But um, but I but I do believe that you know they're they're planned. They have to have a plan for the right tackle if they move Worfs, or you could definitely shuffle the deck and get your best five. You know, you still have Nick Leverett who started the final ten games. At left guard, he's the other part of this. Is that he could play one of the guard spots? Hainsey could play the other spot. Um, you know, you could have some depth or a guy that can compete. So they're starting to shape it up a little bit, but it's not quite there yet. I want to get into the quarterback situation in the NFC South in particular. A lot of activity on Tuesday, but first, I want to remind you guys how to save money on your electric bill. Listen to me now. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating in this area, uh, installing solar electric systems now for 13 years. Now, May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's what they do. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, for every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is known as the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They they, design it specifically for your needs. You can see what they're going to install. And plus, they don't use subcontractors. All those guys up there putting those solar panels up, those are Billy Mays guys. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, so there was a flurry a ver- veritable flurry of activity at the quarterback position, especially in the NFC South. And it seems that now every team in the South, with the exception of the Bucks, has at least two quarterbacks. And New Orleans, you could argue, has three. The Saints, of course, have Derek Carr. They signed as a free agent to a big deal. Jameis Winston, we didn't talk a lot about this, but Jameis Winston decided to remain in New Orleans as the backup or one of the backups, because they also have Taysom Hill, which is a a curious decision. I mean, I think it's sort of a little bit of the waving the white flag by Jameis and saying, look, I don't know. I don't think there's a market out there for me to compete for a starting job anywhere, right? Because he has to know, and I'll get into this with one of my Twitter followers in a minute, he has to know that Derek Carr is the starter. And unless Derek gets hurt, he's not playing. So... He's agreed to go back to the Saints as a backup. 
Um, Atlanta made a move. They signed or are going to sign, reach an agreement with Taylor Heineke of the Washington football team. And, of course, Desmond Ritter, the young quarterback that went 2-2 two and two last year as a starter, he's still there. Heineke has been a Bucks tormentor. They've played him a couple times. He's 1-1 one one against Tampa. And quite frankly, in that run to the Super Bowl, their first game at Washington, of course they played them all on the road, but the first game at Washington, the wild card game, fortunately for the Bucks, there were no fans really in the stands and that sort of thing. Heineke put on a show and almost damn near beat them. And then he did beat them after that uh, back in Washington as well. So he's from Georgia. He's coming home more or less. He's He's going to be the backup now, or competing for a starting job with Desmond Ritter. And then Carolina, this was interesting, I thought. They signed Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle man, uh, who was, of course, New Orleans starter, replaced Jameis Winston when he got hurt and kept the job. And that upset Jameis that, you know, lost his job because of injury, but they, they preferred Dalton. And he didn't play that badly. I got to be honest with you. The games I watched, especially some against the Bucs, when I played pretty well. Um, so they have him, and they own the number one overall pick, which makes you wonder, what's the plan? Like, are they are they sort of advertising? And they didn't pay Dalton a ton of money or anything, but are they advertising that, you know what, whether it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, we're not rushing these guys, right? We're not, we're not just giving them the job. We're not saying, you're the number one guy. Go get them. Go save our franchise. Like, they might have a plan, and that plan could involve – Dalton as sort of that bridge quarterback. It could, or is Dalton just there to help mentor and teach and? Oh sure, and sure and he could help mold that quarterback. And if something great goes point. wrong or bad, then he, you've got mm-hmm. a good quarterback there. But yeah, you know, you don't want point. a rookie quarterback doesn't have a, a good veteran to learn from. That's correct. That's correct. And 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 I think Andy is a team guy. I think he'd mm-hmm. be great in in the room and great for any young quarterback. So that that is probably it was a big factor in, in their decision. Um, to bring him on, and he can still play mm-hmm. if, if need be. So yep. I thought that was a good signing for Carolina. I kind of, you know, Frank Wright and them, Reich and them are doing some good things up there. Um, and meanwhile, you have the Bucks and you have Kyle. <laughs> Kyle Trask still by himself. Um, as we do this podcast sort of late on Tuesday, still no movement in the Bucks quarterback situation. We know they are strong candidates. been told that. Uh, for Baker Mayfield, we haven't heard about Baker Mayfield. We haven't heard about Baker Mayfield, other teams really being interested in him. I've kind of gone through the list. I'm sure there are teams. and But if you're looking for a place where Baker can either you know, win the starting job or compete for it or, hell, be given the starting job, there's just not those, – those jobs just aren't out there, right, with the number of teams that are going to draft quarterbacks and whatnot. Um, I think Washington might be one. You know, because they didn't re-sign Heineke, which was um, an option for them. Mm-hmm. So really, they don't have a quarterback per se, uh, and I don't think they're drafting in a spot where they're guaranteed to get one there. So they still have to make a move, and that might be a place that you know that maybe Mayfield is looking. Um, but he is looking at the Bucks, and the Bucks also, you know, will will consider other guys too. But I think it starts. I think it starts with Mayfield, and you kind of go from there. Um, they haven't signed Levante David, but neither has anyone else. I took that to be a good sign. The, the inside linebacker market was kind of slow. It's starting to pick up now a little bit. I don't know how much money there's going to be out there for Levante. 
I think if the money's close that he would stay in Tampa. I think he really does want to finish his career here. You know, you talk about being a player that's 32, 33 years old and moving your family. He's got a young daughter and, you know, won't want to be away from her uh, and, and let them live here and then him go off and play for six months. So those are all considerations, right, depending on where he's going to go. The New York Giants reportedly have an interest in Levante. They're looking to improve their linebacker situation. He's not going to give them a ton of years, but if you give him one or two, maybe that's all they need. Um, I'm sorry, I said the Giants. I meant the Buffalo Bills. My fault. The Buffalo Bills are looking at uh, Levante David. Does Levante want to play in the cold? Does he want to go up to Buffalo? Certainly a contender, right, with Josh Allen, mm-hmm. a real contender. If he wants to chase a ring, you do it there. So we're we're still kind of waiting to see as the Bucks create some more cap space. Those are their priorities, though. It's going to be Levante and a quarterback. It's all about the quarterback right now. It just is. And the question is, you know, if Baker Mayfield is the guy, if he's the one they sign, you know, does is Kyle Trask truly going to get a chance to win the starting job? I mean, it's sort of, to me, it's a little reminiscent of when Mayfield went to Carolina last year. I mean, they had, you know, Sam Darnold, and it was, nope, open competition. Matt Rule could be his last year. Throw it open. Haven't made any decisions yet. Mm, really? I never bought that. I thought it was Mayfield's job when he walked in the building. And, in fact, he won the job. Okay, one more thing. Before we move on to the Lightning, <laughs> the Bird app got me. Um, and Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. Yeah, so so there was, there was a couple guys that you know were coming at me for about Jam, about the New Orleans Saints quarterback situation, particularly with Jameis. Look, Jameis Winston, who we covered for five years here, and even before that, going to Florida State, one of the most polarizing players, okay, that I've ever been around. Like it, it, you love him or hate him, like you know, of course you have the Florida Florida State thing, but man, uh, especially in Tampa Bay, the the jury is. I mean, it is a split decision, right? It is a mistrial. So, having said all that, um, I had a couple guys come at me. I just called one was Mike, and and Mike was insistent that well, if Jameis plays better in the in the in training camp, it's his job. He's gonna he can win the job, and he I think he's gonna play better. I think he's gonna be the better quarterback, and they're they're gonna play the best quarterback. And I, I pushed back on that and just said, well, tryouts are over, man. Like, in professional football, it doesn't always go this way, but sort of what they give up to get you, what they pay you, especially when there's such a disparity between what they're giving Derek Carr and what Jameis Winston is going to get. And plus, Jameis has been there two years and never really hang, hung on to the starting job after Drew Brees left. This is not a competition, right? This is not one of like when they had the hour press conference. He was up there forever. Whatever Derek Carr had there uh, with head coach, the owner, and all that. That wasn't just to say, "Hey, this guy could win the job." You know what? We're giving him forty million dollars because we think he might have a chance. No, no, no. They were talking about him being here not just next year, but for years to come, right? Because in his early 30s, like, there was no talk about, hey, you know, w- we really think he'll push Jameis to the next level. It wasn't about that. Like, when you sign a guy and you have that many resources poured into it, he is damn sure going to win the job. Now, 
will he hold it forever? That's sort of up to him and the team. But if they're wrong about it, right? If you went all in and and you gave up the resources you're given to bring in a Derek Carr and he isn't the best quarterback, then you're all fired. The head coach is fired. The general Mickey Loomis should be fired. They should all be fired because if I'm the Benson family, I'm like, what did we just do? You know, you told us that this was the guy and we went and, you know, outbid pretty much a bunch of teams. I mean, you know, he, he met with a lot of folks, including the Jets, including other teams. So you're if you're wrong, you're not gonna keep your job. They're not they're not wrong. They're gonna they're gonna give it every chance. Derek Carr is gonna get every chance. And the other thing about Derek Carr is he doesn't have a history of injuries. He's not a guy you know, he's been pretty durable throughout his career. You know, the worst injury he had was, you know, he's got a plate in his ankle because, unbelievably, Donald Penn, who used to play for the Bucks, missed a block, got him hit in the last game of the regular season, and they had a really good team that year, and he couldn't play in the playoffs. Um, aside from that, he's been extremely durable. And I think there's every reason to expect he will be again. So, barring an injury, Jameis Winston or some gimmick play that they have isn't going to see the field. Taysom Hill might play quarterback more than Jameis Winston will next year. Um, and so <laughs> there's a couple guys. So I push back on the first one, and Jeff comes back at me and says, you should delete this app and go learn the game. <laughs> You're half right. I should delete the app. I really should. <laughs> if it wasn't for business and the fact that we communicate with our readers this way, oh, I would love to delete this app. How I would love it. Because it is a, you know, Buck's social media can be a very dark, dark place with broken glass and all kinds of, you know, barking dogs and just you don't know where you're at. You're walking down the street. It's not safe. Um, that's that's the way it can be sometimes. But uh, take it for what it's worth. I mean, I've done this for a minute, and I kind of know that it's a business, right? It's not show friends, it's show business. And you may love Jameis Winston, and you may have a reason to love Jameis Winston for whatever your reasons are. He's not winning the job week one. It's going to take an injury at best, right? They're going to stick with this guy. And if they're wrong, like I said, they're all fired. So I, I wouldn't put a lot of money on Jameis starting, um, barring an injury anyway. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, so the Tampa Bay Lightning. Steve, I watched this game. They're in New Jersey against a good uh, Devils team. This was the best game I've seen them play, not just at home, home or the road, in, in I would say about, a, I don't know, several weeks. I can't remember. I don't remember all the scores, but, like, they were on it against this New Jersey Devils team on Tuesday night. Yeah, they started strong. They wobbled a little bit in the first period. And and they actually gave yeah, up that second fair. goal, but it was goalie interference, so it was waved yep. off. Yep. And then from that mm-hmm. point on, the Lightning kind of took control. 
Right. Um, and, you know, when you get that goal with, what, 0.8 seconds to go in the second period by Kucherov to make it 4-1 oh, yeah, to one instead of 3-1, to one, yeah, that was kind of yeah. the ball game there. That was a big moment, and the shorthanded goal was a big moment, I thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Anthony Sorelli. Anthony Sorelli, yeah. the back-to-back games with a shorthanded goal. Yeah. Do you know the only other player in Lightning history to have shorthanded goal in back-to-back games? Do I know it? Yeah. Um, was he on the ice on Tuesday night? He was not. I was going to say Yanni Gord. Nope. It's Steven Stamkos. Really? Yes. Huh. Shorthanded. Yeah, I believe back in uh, 19, I think it was. So. Wow. Yeah, sometimes he comes on to take face-offs in that. Just a face-off. I was going to say, yeah. he's not, probably wasn't on there very long. Yeah, but yeah, he's uh, the only other player in Lightning history to have uh, back-to-back games with a shorthanded goal. And he wasn't on the ice Tuesday because he's out with lower body injury day-to-day is his status. So. Yeah. Well, that's good company. Um, the other thing was, like defensively, of course, Fassi was really, really good. He needed that, right? Like, he's been giving up. First of all, he hadn't, they hadn't won a lot, but mm-hmm. he's been giving up some goals, and they haven't played well around him. He still had to stop some you know, turnovers and some odd man rushes and things, and he did that. Um, but I thought he was solid. Like I thought it was a good defensive game all the way around, not just Fassi, but everybody you know, coming back and helping um, to give up one goal. I don't think they even had 30 shots. It was it was a good it was a good defensive effort, which is what they need. That's how they should play. Well, and and you know what a difference a week makes. You know, after the oh, five yeah. game losing streak, it's four straight games now. They've not given up twenty three or more shot or more than twenty three shots. That's that's impressive. Yeah, and New Jersey's one of the higher shooting teams in the NHL. They averaged uh, close to thirty five shots a game. They got twenty three tonight. Right, right. You know, the Lightning is. I, I don't think they're there yet. But they're mm-hmm. starting to tighten it up defensively. Right. You know, now we're, what, 14 games left in the season? Right, right. You know, so they're they're getting into that groove. Their magic number is something like 18 or 19 mm-hmm. with 14 games to go. Right. You know, they're just to clinch a playoff berth. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, as Steven Stamco said, look, we can turn this around. We can, we can. We can turn things up. We know how to do that, and they've proven that over the years. Yeah, you know, they haven't always, like, they've had months like this, right? The dog days sort mm-hmm. of not, can't quite see the finish line, and then they generally find mm-hmm. their game in the last week or two, and you want to be, it doesn't matter if you have a winning streak going, but you want to be playing well, playing the right way, especially defensively, you know? Look, when you get to the postseason, the goaltender is going to be, you know, the biggest part of whether you win or lose a lot of times anyway, but... You got you got to play the right way, and um, when they when they're at their best and they get a lead on people, it's almost like yeah, it's over. If it's a two goal lead in the third period, it's like yeah, this mm-hmm. this game's over. You know, well, like that's it, how well they play. It's the defensive zone turnovers that have cost them a lot this year. Sure, and it, it's making sure. those the sound decisions defensively. Like I mm-hmm. I think for most of the season they defended well i think a lot of times it's once they get the puck in the defensive zone they don't always make the right play and it's right. burned them a lot this year more than more than we've seen in recent years now granted you don't have mcdonough you don't have jan ruda you've sure. got young guys like nick Perbix back there you've got darren radish playing right now there and, and not to say that they're the ones making all the mistakes that's not true at all right you know i, I think headman's probably made more bad pass in the defensive zone this year than we've seen in recent years. Mm-hmm. But 
as we're getting close to the playoff time, you're seeing them start to lock that down and become better. And and that's that's exactly what you want to see with 14 games to go in the season. Yeah, they're they're playing the right way and they're getting some some good efforts from some guys. Um yeah, Brandon Hagel, by the way, he had a great game and mm-hmm. between him, to have him and and point those two guys first of all facially they resemble each other sometimes i get confused <laughs> um <laughs> but he's just like he's he seems to have the puck a lot right mm-hmm. he seems to be around it he seems to make the right play mm-hmm. and his speed is is a weapon like he beats guys to it but then it's not just a matter of like winning it but he makes plays with it you know they had a mm-hmm. two on one him and kucherov and for all the world, he almost was apologetically like saying, hey, I really wanted to pass it, but, you know. Um, and he didn't, but the fact that it was a two-on-one enabled him to get a good shot off, and he scores. Um, and then he created another turnover and sort of back-passed it to Kalorn and went short side. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just he makes plays, right? He makes plays when, he, when he's able to get out in front of people on the ice, and his skating is... I don't know he's as fast as point, but he's that kind of a player. Like, he's that kind of an impactful player. Well, and I really like the combination on the penalty kill of him and Sorelli together. Oh, yeah. Because those are two oh, yeah. guys that are very similar. Oh, yeah. And and they just cause problems for the defense, which has led to two shorthanded goals the last two games. That's correct, yeah. You know, he's hitting Sorelli down the ice, yeah. You know, we've seen in the past Sorelli and, and Kalorn make a really good pair there and that, mm-hmm. but, but Hagel and Sorelli, I think, are their best – penalty kill forward group yeah and, and they keep showing it and it, it keeps getting better the more and more that they they play that together and it, you know we've seen it the last couple nights for sure alex Kalorn, by the way is a hot stick all of a sudden yes he's he like six goals in eight games or something like that. yeah he is he's been playing really well what over 20 goals again this season and you yeah. know that he's he's he can come up big in the playoffs too we've seen that over the years oh yeah oh yeah yeah, I just think it's a time when they're, they they know when to dial it up. They they can see the end of uh, of the regular season. They know it's important to get their game mm-hmm. sort of in order. They've now started to play with some new teammates for a while. They're starting to find their roles. You know, it wasn't different, much different than last year. And um, I, yeah, I think this I, road trip too. It's a short two game road trip, but it's staying in mm-hmm. one city. And so that's gonna you be know, cool. They're they're yeah. in a hotel for three nights, the same hotel room. Which well, yeah, you don't you don't get cool. very often, um, right? I think right. that's you know I think they're in the stretch of what nineteen games in thirty three days. Mm-hmm. They're in a very tough stretch that goes on for another week and a half. It ends next Saturday, and then they'll get a couple right. of days off. Right. You know, anytime they can get rest, and we've seen John Cooper using less practice time. You know, for instance, Tuesday was a very optional skate. I think ten players were at the skate, ten or eleven. Yeah. Um. You know, normally, and they didn't have practice yesterday. Normally, that would be a mandatory skate, but he made it optional. I'm guessing Thursday will be an optional skate as well. Probably, that, yeah. you know, they're really trying to use rest through this, mm-hmm. particularly as as they are finding their game without it. I mean, that's one thing this team has done so well over the years is they self analyze and self correct very well, even without practice yeah. time. Yeah, like they're yeah. very good at watching the film and and taking the feedback from coaches, et cetera, and then applying it 
Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we've heard about how honest they are in the room. Yeah. At assessing themselves. Every yeah. single person. You know, it's not, it's never personal. It's how are we going to play better? How are we going to get better? And this team has shown that over the years how, how good they are at that self-assessment and making those adjustments. Well, it, it helps that you've had a core of players now that have, that are Stanley Cup champions and have been around for a long time. I mean, your mm-hmm. captains, obviously, and, you know, Hedman and mm-hmm. um, even Kucherov and guys like that now, um, you know, it, it, it's there's no BS. It's it's zero-sum mm-hmm. game. Anyone can speak up, and, and many of them do. And, and even the and coaching even guys, staff, though, too. I mean, that's part of it, too. I mean, John oh, Cooper's yeah. been there 10 years now. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of the assistants have been there for several years. I mean, there's been some movement there, but – Sure. You know, the core, not just the players, but even the core of the coaching staff in that is the same. And and that helps in that. Continuity wins, man. Continuity wins when you when you have it. And it's good, you know, and it's good players and good coaches mm-hmm. like they have. And that's that's why a lot of people still believe that, you know, no matter what their struggles have been of late, that, you know, you're gonna have to beat the lightning to win the Stanley Cup. Like it's just sort of they're gonna be there. And when they get in the, and they get in the postseason, their experience is going to be a factor um, for them, not against them. Um, so yeah, but man, I mean, Hagel and just watching replays, man, dude was just flying, you know, just flying. His pass to Sor- I mean, you know, just they look good. They look good against a team that is really a like you said, a pretty good team on the road, and that was the key to me, like. They haven't played on the road very well, right? Mm-hmm. And they need to get it going again. And this this could be a real confidence builder. We'll see what they do, um, you know, in in another night. But uh, kind of a weird schedule to go back to back, you know. But but probably will help them bond and you know get it'll be a little rested, not having to get on a plane and you know play in another city and all that stuff. So it might actually help them a little bit. So that'll be good. All right, so this should be a pretty big day. You know, the start of the new league year is at 4 o'clock, and you'll start to hear a lot of signings. A lot of these contracts have been agreed upon, but they can start to sign on uh, at 4 p.m., and, and so those those will be announced. I, I don't know for sure, but I suspect that the Bucks may have a signing or two, whether that's Baker Mayfield or Levante. We'll see, um, but I do, I do expect them to be getting closer to some deals and um, those could be, you know, announced as well. So I've got lots to talk about with that. And we're going to have a mailbag this week. Just haven't had a chance to get to it with all the news. You can send your questions in anytime, even those of you on Twitter who I've mentioned, uh, at sports day TV on Twitter. You can send them to me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay.com. Check out the Tampa Bay times, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay.com for all, Uh, the Bucs updates, and uh, keep the rest of things that are going on in the NFL. Thanks for listening. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.